We all know that men and women think differently. When women don't understand how the male mind works, it can lead to frustration, misunderstandings, and difficult relationships. Today, psychologist Dr. Sean Smith offers insights into male psychology and some practical tips for women to help them better understand and connect with the man they love. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today we're sharing an exclusive interview with psychologist Dr. Sean Smith. He discusses his audiobook, The Woman's Guide to How Men Think, Love, Commitment, and the Male Mind. This audiobook is a practical and humorous guide for women who want to learn the secrets of the elusive male mind and improve their relationships. In today's conversation, Dr. Smith offers advice to help women get what they need from their relationships by understanding how men think and learning to see the world the way they do. His tips will help women learn how to work with men to cultivate understanding and communication in relationships without expecting men to be creatures that they aren't. I wrote The Woman's Guide to How Men Think because I saw a couple of gaps in the literature. There's the professional side, and then there's the popular side, the books that you find in the bookstore. And in the professional side, I saw that when clinicians and researchers talk about how women and men communicate, they tend to have this bias that the women's way of communicating is the the correct way to do it, which it is in, in certain ways, but they lose out on half the equation with that that sometimes men are are communicating in their own way, but there's not much in the professional literature or in the popular literature about understanding what it is that men are trying to accomplish when they're communicating the way they're communicating or when they're not communicating. The popular literature out there on men tends to focus on how to deal with guys that aren't very good at relationships, you know, the narcissist and the sociopaths, and that's certainly necessary But um, we also needed a book, I thought, about how good men communicate, guys that are just going to work every day, guys that are treating people the best they can, and guys that make good relationship material. And that's really what this book is about, is those guys and how they think and how they act in relationships. Before I wrote this book, I did a, a little survey on my blog turned out to be kind of a big survey. And I was curious what men and women thought of each other, what they liked and what they didn't like. And one of the things that showed up in the survey, which also shows up in the professional literature, is that men have certain mental health requirements. And one of the biggest requirements for us is having a purpose in life. And of course, women need a purpose in life too, but there's there's something special about men and having a purpose in that it makes us uh, more emotionally stable, it makes us healthier, it makes us literally physically healthier, and it makes us happier to know that we have a reason for getting out and slaying the beast every day. 
And so you asked how men view women. We want to know in general that we're useful to women. We want to know that you're happy. We want to know that you're healthy. We want to know that we're doing a good job as your partner. The downside to that, women don't always understand women are trying to satisfy a purpose and trying to be useful. And so, for example, one of the ways that can show up as a problem in a relationship is when a woman goes to a man in a stereotypical situation and she's wanting him to listen, but he's offering solution. And it's really just a question of different mindsets. We all know this example pretty well, but the woman wanting to be heard and wanting to be understood and the man wanting to get right to the, to the problem solving. And it really comes down to the different ways in which men and women grow up and the different ways in which we approach the world and the different ways in which we approach each other. One of the most useful things for women to understand is that sometimes the woman's way of approaching a problem is the most suitable way. And sometimes the man's way of approaching a problem is the most useful way. I think I gave the example in the book of a car breaking down on the side of the road. And because you have a flat tire and the kids are in the backseat and the kids are getting upset. So there's two problems here. There's the kids in the backseat getting upset and there's the tire that needs to be changed. Now, stereotypically, again, speaking very broad generalizations, the female way of approaching that problem and the literature backs this up is to take care of the emotions of the situation, make sure that the kids know that everything's okay, that everybody's safe and everybody feels safe and everybody knows that we're going to get to where we're going and solving all those emotional problems. The male way is to generally ignore the emotional part and get right to changing the tires. While the male is out there changing the tires, assuming he's the one doing it, the kids might not know what's going on. They might be uh, upset and wondering, are we going to get to where we're going on time? Are we going to be okay? What's happening here? And really, you need both of those pieces of the equation in any given situation. You need somebody attending to the emotions, which women tend in general to do better than men. And you need somebody attending to the problem, which men tend to want to jump to right away. So I think one of the most important lessons in, in this audiobook, if, if you could call it a lesson, is just getting in touch with the fact that men, when it looks like we're being callous, when it looks like we're checking out, when it looks like we're ignoring emotions, we're just approaching things a little bit differently. In the book, I give an example of a guy who lost his job, and he knew that he would be losing his job, and, and his wife at home did not know that he would be losing his job. And so he became increasingly worried about this and increasingly fretful about how he was going to handle this situation. And rather than talking to her, he did what he had been taught as a stereotypical guy. He had been taught to suck it up. He had been taught to solve the problem and not involve other people or worry other people. So when he actually did lose his job, he didn't tell his wife. What he did instead was he went out every day as if he was going to work and he was looking for the job and he was working his network. And eventually he started to get discouraged and he started to go to the bar during the day. And she noticed that, that he was coming home and she could smell alcohol on his breath. And so that tipped her off that something was going on. And he finally broke down and told her. Now, the wisdom of his wife was that she was able to recognize and believe his explanation that he wasn't trying to hide this from her. He wasn't trying to manipulate. He wasn't trying to make her life more difficult. 
he knew that she was struggling with her own problems, and so he was doing what he was taught. He was approaching the problem in a very masculine way, which is, I have to solve this, I have to solve it quickly, and I have to not trouble my partner with it. The wisdom that she brought to that situation, that willingness to recognize that, all right, he was just trying to solve the problem. He wasn't trying to hurt me and not taking it personally. That saved their relationship because then they just had one problem to solve, which was him finding a job rather than two problems to solve, which is he has to find a job and our relationship is falling apart. What are the hallmarks and the signs of a good man? That's kind of a tricky question because the expectations shift as the relationships develop. And there's a lot of research about how men and women size each other up at the beginning of a relationship versus what makes a good partner down the road. And it turns out that they're kind of different things. And one of the traps that women can fall into if they're not careful is they will fall in love with the guy who isn't the guy he's going to be down the road. Meaning we act a certain way when we're trying to win you over. We might be uh, acting with bravado or we might be putting up a bit of a front. And then that's complicated by the fact that there's somewhere between six and 18 months of the honeymoon period where our brains are a little bit altered. Chemistry is a little bit different, so we're not seeing each other very clearly. So women who are looking for a good guy, really, the answer to that is you want to spend a little time with him and you want to see him in, in lots of different situations and you want to watch how he interacts, not just with you, because when we're falling in love or smitten with somebody, we tend to focus on how they're treating us and how we're treating them and we lose sight of the rest of the world. So one way to know how a guy really operates in the world is to watch him with other people, like watch him with wait staff. How does he treat the person who brings the food to the table? Listen to how he talks about his bosses and his employers and, and his coworkers and the person that he bumped into on the street. And try to look at him outside the context of your relationship and see how he operates in the world. Because how he operates in the world is eventually probably how he's going to settle into operating with you once the honeymoon passes and once all of the puppy dog eyes pass. And it really is a question of spending time with someone. I know why people find this audiobook useful. It's been out on the market for a couple of years now, and it's gotten lots of good feedback on Amazon. It has lots of useful information about what drives men. What does it mean, for example, when a man seems like he's avoiding conversation? Or what does it mean when a man goes to work and honestly, his world is so partitioned between home and work that if you ask him, did you think about me today? His honest answer might be, no, not really. And what does that mean for the relationship? Thanks for listening to this conversation with Sean Smith, author of the audiobook, The Woman's Guide to How Men Think, Love, Commitment, and the Male Mind. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate it and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks, 
available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A dot com.